you were in the room while he was taking a shower? Uh, I mean, I was. That's kind of no, Listen, there were parts. <laughs> there were parts on his back he couldn't reach. Okay. <laughs> okay. And the year before, I had tied like you brought up of course thank you for bringing that up called exposure therapy yeah the yeah. more i expose <laughs> you to it the less traumatic it'll be i'll have a pair of tight jeans on so you can see my apple bottom even though i didn't pass the bar <laughs> test which was, that was a bullshit bar test i mean it's yeah. just a fact you're a winner you're a sensitive guy when i bring up certain things but oh i'm sorry did i say that out loud <laughs> Welcome to the Shaw Street Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Shaw, and today I am joined by Mr. Brian Callen. I'm excited to have you here. It's an honor. Actor, comedian, man of mystery. All-around athlete. It just goes on and on. I wasn't going to put that on the list, okay. but you know. Well, we just had a, we had a workout. <laughs> we did have a workout, man. You came in the gym. You got it done. I did my, I did my personal best. I, I deadlifted some heavy weight. We don't have to go into that, but the point is I needed chalk. You did need and a chalk. Belt. When, when and you a belt. need chalk and a belt, usually I had the area roped off. Do you? But yeah, yeah, I had okay. it roped off. Okay. But um, either way, I deadlifted uh, some heavy weight, and then we did other stuff. And then what I like is that I, I got a belly full of grass-fed beef, sweet potatoes. Yes, you did. And some rice. Rice. You cannot forget the rice. Yeah, I have a sweet feeling in my body right now. Do you? You feel yep, good. You look I, good. I'm going to feel it in my, in, my, in my legs. You know, when people say you look good, yeah. you know you're getting older. Is that, is that right? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, dude, that's right. I, so in, I don't need, in, your, I don't need your, your charity. Okay, I don't need yeah, you just yeah. giving me your free charity. But I, I actually, I did not in any way, shape, or form mean that, oh, you're old, but you still look good. Like, I, fe I felt like you look good. Like, the lights are the working with you right now. This color... You know? this color. Now I'm going to bring it's my the leg blue. up. I think it's yeah. a blue shirt. I'm going to yeah. bring my leg up because this chair is the biggest chair I've ever, I was like, what's wrong with this chair? Yeah. It's a custom made chair. It's big. It's a, so it's, it's, a it's a California King size chair. Exactly. Well, I, here's the thing sitting here, yeah. right? I'm going to have bigger guests at times. You are. But also I hate being stuck in a chair where my legs are jammed in and I can't fit. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to find the literally the biggest comfortable chair that I can. It's, rate, it's rated to 500 pounds, I believe. Really? Yeah. This is, so, I this mean, is I know your you're life. pushing the weight limit, but I am. Yep, yep. Well, this is, I, I sit, I, you, what you don't see is I'm actually holding all my weight up on my, on my other leg right now. Are you? Yeah. yeah it's I impressive. Never, yeah. I never stop. This yeah. is, this is, um, this is a, a, a problem for you in your daily life. Massive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's planes, cars, everything, pretty much everything. Are you a car guy? I, I you can't really be. be a car guy. You know, yeah. I mean, I I like cars, but you wish that Porsche would make you a custom made Porsche, and that way you'd be. I mean, something to fit would be nice. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I'm not gonna lie. I get a little disappointed. I, I I'll tell a story. So I um, I really wanted the the Hummer H2 came out when I was in college. Right. So I remember it coming out and I was like, all right, that's, that's the, that's on the board, right? That's on the vision board. I want that to happen. And so by the time that I got to a point that I could actually afford one, mm. they were not making them anymore. So I found one that was like a new use that had like 15,000 miles on it or something. I was so pumped. All right, I'm going to go to the dealership. I'm getting the summer H2. I, I had already pretty much planned on buying it before I got there. Right? right, and I go to get in it. I'm pumped, and and those they had the uh, the shifter with the knob. It had like a knob, and you had to pull it back. Right, 
But the way that that knob lined up with the steering wheel, I literally could not could not get my my foot back to touch the brake and the gas safely because it was getting caught. It on got the, caught. My leg was wheel. too big. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, and I was I was just Damn. like, how much of a disappointment was this? Right in this moment, I was like so pumped to so, and so I tried to back out. And I just pulled right back into the spot and I was like, well, that's over. Yeah, the it's world's not, not made for people as big as you are. Yeah. I think about that all the time when I see a small person. Uh, you know, I don't know what the word is, but a dwarf or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, tiny, you know, just tiny. Tiny yeah. people, you know, who, who and, and it's true. The world is not made for them. This woman wrote a book about how the world is actually, so, so most of the world is made with men in mind. So, so um, when you make a kitchen table, you have shelves, it's made for um, somebody who's 5'9", at least, and most women are not, right? The average size is, I think, 5'4", five, 5'6", five, in the United States. So the Buildings are kept at 65 degrees, typically. Women, uh, their body temperature is lower. They tend to get colder easier than men. So 65 degrees is no problem for men, but for women, it's freezing. Makes sense. Yeah, so there's all these, these issues. But for you, it's like, you know. We just don't fit. No, Just it's don't like fit. Alice in Wonderland when everything is. <laughs> so, I mean, everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a good example, man. It's, it's I'm just, not going to call you Alice, but you know what I mean. You know, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's it's a um, a different challenge. You know, I've had to deal with it. It's normal, I think, to me now. Well, you've made it work. I mean, you know, yeah. I was thinking about, I was watching your competition. What I find fascinating about people like yourself who've won you know, something this difficult four times in a row, tied it five times. Let's be honest, you could have been a five-time champion, not to bring up a sore subject, but that kind of, you just start crying. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, it's not just the physicality. It's, what I think is interesting is it's the, it's sort of like having to be consistently ferocious about how you eat, about how you talk to yourself, about how you maintain your body so you don't get, how you balance your body, how you, how you communicate with your body all the time because pushing too much, you know, is a problem. You'll, you'll pop something. It's got to be that perfect balance, which, which means you've kind of got to keep your ego in check, I would imagine, at times, right? I mean, can you, can you talk about that? Yeah. I mean, ego certainly has to be kept in check, I yeah. think, through the training, and it's always trying you know when when you're leading up to something that big the training is important and you and it's it's an interesting thing because i think the tendency is to want to push harder all the time right because it's like hey i have this deadline this date that i need to be ready by and if i don't push to my absolute kind of breaking point i'm not working hard enough and so there's there's this interesting mix of listening to your body pushing when you're in a good spot to push backing off when you need to back off and essentially you're hitting the nail on the head leave your ego at the door so you have to think logically about the situation what's in front of you what you should do what makes sense what's smart versus maybe trying to show off and do more than you should and put yourself in a bad spot so this is listening to your body is certainly one thing but also then from a mental standpoint understanding what's going to get you better for the contest so if, if it's that day 
and you're feeling good and you can push a little bit more, you push a little bit more. If you're not feeling good, you back off a little bit more. That's the hardest thing though, right? Very difficult. Because because yeah. the fear of losing a lot of times pushes you beyond like that's that's gotta be very daunting because some days you've just gotta pull back. Yep. And you've got to be your own governor. But then you then that comes with but the other guy's not pulling back. What if the other guy can handle this? Well, I remember feeling like when I was a kid, for whatever reason, and my thing was basketball back then. So I remember always feeling like there was somebody working harder than me. And my biggest thing was I wanted to get a college scholarship to play. So I'm practicing and and it was late at night, but I hadn't made, you know, I used to set goals for myself. So I'd say I had 10 free throws in a row. I had to make 10 free throws in a row or before I could go inside. And I would stay outside until that was done. And then I felt like I wasn't doing enough. I always felt like somebody was working harder. So it was this like, it would eat away at me, to be fair, literally eat away. And I didn't know who that person was. It was an, an imaginary opponent. Now, was there somebody working hard? Certainly there it's was. It's not an imaginary opponent. Yeah, yeah. Not when you want to be the best in the world. No, and with strongman, it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> kind of the same thing, right? Because I can- Not kinda, it, it's definitely, I mean, yeah. you know, right? Because yeah. there's always somebody bigger and stronger. And that's- so so extreme because there's so many different movements yeah oh it's a, a variety of different movements you have to get good at yeah yeah absolutely do you think that because i i don't know how to think about that like i always wonder what what drives me and what motivates me but i wonder like what degree you're born with this inherent need to compete and to what degree it's trauma you suffered as a kid that you're trying to compensate for. I know very, very successful people, and I've asked them, one guy is the, just a genius and uh, artist, a uh, filmmaker, and I said, what motivates you? He goes, revenge, fuck these bitches. Mm. Like, he was that aggressive about it because he, he was able to hold on to, like, there was a chip. And yeah. it, not that he's a bad guy, and the, but he allowed it to kind of, he, it was almost like, I'm going to show you. Yeah, and do, do, what is the ratio for you? I mean, you're very competitive. I, I had you try to pull those my toehole flip flops yeah, apart, and I, you I, almost pulled the skin off you because you were like, I said nobody's done this before, and you're like, I'm going to be the one that does yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And and I, like, and I can see that in your face. The minute you yeah. pick up a weight, your face changes. I love watching your competitions because you look scary. Yeah, like you, you're not a nice guy. It's like you're the nicest guy, not when not when you're you're like. You're a fucking killer. Yeah, you ha you have to flip that switch. Going back to your question on, are you are you born with it? Is it is it some kind of experience you had growing up as a kid, that type of thing? I've heard a lot of people say that, man. It's like like a, they had something traumatic, something bad, uh, whatever it might be. I can't say for myself that I had that right. Really? Like I had a, I had a pretty good childhood. I had to work hard. You worked um, on a farm? Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, I grew up kind of having to work on my uncle's farm. I guess I didn't have to, but I did, right? So, you're doing chores. You're stacking hay. You're doing these physical things that are hard, but you you learn how to work hard and how to overcome feeling like, hey, I'm tired, right? Well, guess what? Sucks you're tired. You have to finish, Yeah. right? So, like, as a kid, at 12 years old, I had to learn how to drive the truck so I could stack hay right? This is the way that I, I grew up and it was normal. That was my normal. Yeah. So you, I think I learned that work ethic. I was competitive with my older brother. You right? were. Yeah. Very competitive. That's big. Very. I hated losing, but I don't know. How that much older was he? Two years. So it's like right where he was always kind of a step ahead of me. 
and could do things better than me. And, and I would always play with him and his friends. Michael I Jordan I says that. Michael Jordan talked about how his, his father pitted his brothers against them, you know, each other. Yeah, just and to he, create that competitiveness. He hated losing. Yeah, you have, you have to yeah. hate losing, though. You you, you hate losing. Hate it. Yep. Hundred percent. That's got to be inherent, or maybe it yeah. comes from your brother. Maybe it comes from the humiliation or being teased. I don't know, and that's the interesting question. And I don't know if I can identify that, like with me. I can't. I can't say like as far back as I can remember. It was. It was board games. It was. I think it's inherent. It's just there. I think you're born with it. Yeah. I really do. Yeah, I think it's. A, I think it's. Yeah. A, I. I truly believe it's a personality. It's. It's a. It's a. I think it's the same thing as you when when you are breeding a dog. Yeah. You know, some some in the litter, there's going to be the dominant male or the dominant female. Then they'll fight with other dogs. Then you can get dogs that are not that way. Yeah. I I, I always wonder how much is this of this is hardwired and programmed. I remember I went back and coached like just to volunteer coach. Uh, and it, it was at that point, I think it's first and second graders with basketball. So as a, you know, the high schooler coming back to kind of help coach in the rec center league or whatever it was. And I remember coaching them at that time. And there was the kids that legitimately cared. Right. And they were like, what's the score? And you know, at that point they started all this nonsense of like, well, you're not going to keep score. Well, I've never believed in that and subscribed to that at all. So I was keeping score as a coach and I would tell the kids, even though they said to us to not tell them, I would tell them what they're winning, losing, what the score was. Right. But these kids cared. There was a couple. And then there was the other ones that were run around and they didn't, they could care less yeah. if they got scored on or if they were leading or, you know, winning, losing didn't matter to them. But that was an interesting thing. I remember thinking that thought back then, like, okay, why is this first grader or second grader why does this one care so much about it? And literally, it's like, I have to go score. They scored, we have to score. Yeah. And this other one is like, oh, I could care less. I don't know what's going on. So I think, I think there's something to that, man. Like you, you're, My, I think my what father you're and my daughter will not play a game unless there's a competition at stake. There has and, to be something and, on and line. And I don't care what it is. Yeah. They are, and if they don't win, they are either going to play you again and beat you or they're going to quit. You know, there are a lot of people who are like that. My son is not like that. I'm not that competitive. You're not. I mean, I said that to my dad and he looked at, he did a slow turn. My dad went, are you out of your mind? Like, yeah. Are well, you see, kidding? like, so, so going on that, right? Yeah. So with, with you getting started and I've heard a little bit from different things about your childhood, like you, you had an interesting childhood mm -hmm. growing up and, you know, did that, do you think any of that experience of what you had to go through there shaped? Yes. I think that, you know, I was moved around so often, right? So I was born in the Philippines and I lived in Calcutta and then Bombay, that's in India, then uh, Lebanon, then Pakistan, then Lebanon again. The war broke out. Uh, we got evacuated to Greece. Then we, uh, then I went to Saudi Arabia. So by the time I was 14, I had moved seven different times, that's eight insane. different times. And, and, there was never any real stability. There was never any permanence. You had to say goodbye to your friends after a year, a year and a half, right? Yeah. And and you'd go to a different continent. Never mind. And that was before email. That was before anything. You had snail mail, maybe, but you lost. You said goodbye. You never saw those people again. So that lack of permanence, and then being thrust into a whole new group of people, and the kids, and I didn't want to be. I love people, and I sure as hell didn't want to be lonely. So I knew somehow. I figured out, I, I learned how to read people very, very well. You know, I, I, I learned how to make friends very quickly. And, 
And one way is to be, to be funny, get them laughing, but that's not what I did initially. What I did initially is I got very good, and I never knew this until my father pointed out to me when I was about 15. He said he'd never seen it. I'm very good at reading people, and I can tell you what they're ashamed of, and I can tell you what they are proud of. All of us have that, and we guard the side of us that we're a bit ashamed of, our weaker side, and we highlight or we push forward the side that we're stronger. It's like you talk about training. When you're great at pulling, you're going to go and do back. When pushing isn't your thing, it's going to be a drag. I got very good at, at, at identifying that with people. I have another thing I get from my mother, which is like, I can't stand hurting anybody's feelings. I just can't. I just, I don't, the world sucks as it is. This is why as a comic, I never was into roasting. Com- I don't like making fun of people. So I got very good at sort of, finding somebody and if I like them I would always make them I probably feel good right I think that translated into comedy though because when you make people laugh they want to be around you and they love it and somehow I figured that out because I knew that you don't want to be the last guy picked on the team I was coordinated enough and you don't and and I just learned how to be funny but that chaos is probably why I became a stand-up comic because I'm in a way it's traumatic, but I'm reliving that trauma all the time under my own terms, right? So, so I would uh, I'd be in a country. Hey, you got a dog? Say goodbye. Say goodbye to your friends. We got to get out of here. We gotta, we gotta, we're going to Saudi Arabia or the Ivory Coast or wherever it might be. We're going to live there now. And you didn't know. This is the 70s, early 80s. You didn't know what you were looking at. The world was developing. Right. So it wow. was so different. It was such a culture shock. The food was different. Everything was different. And... But I, I think that that forces you to adapt. It has its liabilities for sure. But, but it forces you to adapt and it forces you to, um, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think I ever would have been, uh, I, I don't think I would have needed to be funny. And now when I think about what I do, I go to a strange town. I get up in front of a bunch of strangers and I win them over and then I say bye. You know, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And I love it. And I, I think I'm pretty good at it. Well, obviously uh, yeah, <laughs> not bad. You yeah, know? <laughs> not bad. Done all right. But, but I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. And it's just very interesting that that that's almost like my destiny or something. So you say you got good at reading people. Very so when good. you'd come and come into a, a new situation, you're reading people. When did the funny part come in? So you're reading them and kind of, I can analyzing. remember dancing. I can remember in fact, singing, I remember this, actually, it just, just came to me. I can remember two instances. I was very little. I was probably six. And I remember making my mother and her friends die because okay. I was pretending to sing like a Pakistani woman in Urdu. I was That's pretending because I'd heard this Pakistani woman singing. Yeah. And, I, and I did a spot-on imitation of that, that job. Now, I, that, that was the first thing. And I remember them dying. They just couldn't believe it. And I was dancing... I was dancing the way that they do. You know, I think it was maybe an Indian woman, you know, but there's a dance to it. And I was a kid, but I was a very good mimic. Okay. And they couldn't believe I was, I sounded like I was speaking Hindi or singing Hindi or singing Urdu. I can't remember. And then I remember my father was always so his job and he was always traveling. He was never around. It wasn't his fault. He was just always working. But when I saw him, he wasn't a guy that was, he wasn't going to be playing. He wasn't going to spend a lot of time with his son, because he had so much work to do. Okay. And also, he just didn't come from that. He just, Midwest guy, he just, 
it just wasn't, he wasn't the guy who's going to go out there and play catch the whole time with you. He just had too much to do. Gotcha. But I would get his attention. And the way I got his attention is I would, I would, I'd see a movie he saw, a com- comedic movie, as a very young guy, Monty Python, The Holy Grail, whatever it was, and I would re, I would redo it. I would, I would, I would do the scenes, but then I started adding my own twist to it. Huh. So I was, and I would make him laugh. Yeah. So he was my, in a way, he and my mother and my sister were my first audience. That's crazy. So, I mean, at a young age, you're talking six, seven, I'm talking eight. about young, man. I'm wow. talking about, yeah. The, 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 the making him laugh came in middle school and then high school. That's crazy. Yeah, young Frankenstein. And I would redo the scene. And he, I remember made, making him spit his food out. That's awesome. Yeah, but, the, but I made him <laughs> laugh. And he, he wanted to be, you know, that's how you keep your father there. Yeah. Because he wasn't, he loved the shit out of me, but he was just too busy doing his life, yeah. his work. He had too much work, but I could get him to, I could get isn't him. It, isn't it funny how you bring up those moments? And I'm, I'm thinking back, like you remember him spitting his food out and that type of yeah. thing. But it's, it's remembering moments where things were funny. Oh yeah. Right? Like well, that's that's what we all do, isn't it? Think about think it, about I'm was, I was just trying to think back to like when I was a kid in different moments and I'm I'm remembering just as you're saying that a lot of moments I remember are funny. They yes. were funny. You're laughing about this or that or something Cause, happened. Cuz it's intimacy. Yeah. I always say the two rarest commodities are intimacy and and adventure. Uh you know, adventure is not knowing what's coming next. And there's yeah. fear, there's uncertainty. You need uncertainty in, in your life. You do. You need certainty. Got to make sure I'm not going to starve and I got a roof over my head. Absolutely. But you need uncertainty. Adventure. You bond when you do something difficult together, man. When you do something scary. When you're competing on the same team. When you see guys who go to war together, combat together. That bond is very strong. Yeah. Uh, whatever it might be. You know, you, yeah. people get married when they're at work. You, they, they just around each other. Whatever is uncomfortable. But you hold on to those friendships. That would be what I consider adventure. But we mark our lives by the number of times we laugh. We, we're not going to remember lifting today. We're going to remember all the silly shit we were doing. Yeah, I like, would agree. Like, I would agree. Like what I love about you is your ability to just improvise and you're a silly goose. You're such a silly goose. I love that. Yeah. That's, that's a form of intimacy. That's, that's how people become friends very quickly because it's yeah. effortless. It's it just effortless. flows. It, it flows. flows. Yeah. yeah, just have fun. It, there's, a, there's a social intelligence to that. Yeah, right? I agree. I agree. Yeah. So um, I don't know if that was the, yeah, but that, that is how, I, I think you're right. We do mark our, our lives that way. I, I mean, it's, it's fascinating. It is fascinating like that, but, but you're right. I mean, I have different bonds with different people when you, when you went and did hard things, right? So, you know, whether it was uh, a team that I was on and, and going through that, or, you know, you, you get in these situations and uh, the, you're almost forced to bond. Yeah. You have to, yeah. you know, you have to. When did you when did you realize though that you that you could be the strongest man in the world? It's an absurd thing to say. It's absurd. Like everybody wants to be the strongest guy in the world. Every kid, every child wants to be the strongest man in the world, strongest boys anyway. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I you know, you identify as a man, right? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you don't you don't need to ask I'm me that. I'm trying to be Seriously, progressive, yeah. dude. Yeah, I don't, don't know what this to, is. Yeah, yeah, we don't need to. All do right. That, yeah. <laughs> yes. But but yes, like, in every sense of the word. Yes. When yes. did you? Yeah, I don't see a lot of fem. I don't get a lot of feminine energy off you. No, no. I hope you don't. Yeah. When did you? When did you actually flirt with that idea? Because I remember when I realized I could be funny professionally. Like yeah. I, it was such a shock to me. Like I could. I I didn't dare. 
I was like, it was like, you know, you peek and I was like, let me, I'm just going to put see my what, head. See what it is. I was yeah. like, is, is, I mean, it's like a room that's really dark and you're like, not can for I, me, not for me. Can I go in there? Is yeah. it for me? Yeah. Do you, what if I could be funny? See, what's fascinating is, is I, I mean, I'm going to ask, I can, I'll answer your question for sure. And then I, you'll, it, it's cool because I can ask you kind of the same thing about, about your career. Yeah. So with me, you know, I was always fascinated by strength, fascinated by it. Like you said, you're growing up the Hulk, these superheroes, kind of larger than life, super strong, all of that. Like I loved all of that, but it was interesting with my path going through basketball that I want to be good at basketball, right? So I did everything competitive wise to be good at basketball. And then part of that was lifting weights. So as I lifted weights, I got stronger certainly, but my performance on the court increased, which is the result that I was looking for at that moment. But I fell in love with the process of getting better and then through college, I started having my off season and I would put on weight very easily and I would put on strength very easily. So it got to a moment where I started to love training and getting stronger more than the game of basketball. And I kind of started to resent it, especially in my last couple of years where I would work so hard in the off season to put muscle on and get bigger and, and stronger then have to lose it. And then I would lose it. And I hated it. I hated it. And so it was, but when did you realize that you were special, strong, weird, so, strong? So I, through my, through my basketball career, I did things on the basketball court that were abnormal. I think, you know, from a strength perspective, right? So I was, I was a guy that wasn't afraid to, to jump on the floor and die for a ball. I love setting screens loved it so i mean i i literally knocked out guys setting screens <laughs> not like out cold 100 really? percent. yes yeah because they just run into you and they you're would a run, wall yeah you're a yep. wall I, and i wouldn't move it wasn't that i was setting an illegal screen i gave them at least two or three steps so i wasn't doing anything wrong but your density it was crazy man and there was guys that i played against especially earlier in my college career that were were bigger than me actually like weight wise bigger than me and they couldn't they couldn't move me Wow. literally couldn't move like what, they, is that a bone density thing i wonder what that i think is. it's just, it's just like looking back it makes sense because i was just gifted with strength man yeah. like i i was just stronger so there was nobody in my basketball career that i ever played against that i could not physically move easy e very easily right so like i would go through i remember going through college practices and, and my coach kind of figured this out about me so we would go where you'd break up into post and perimeter players whatever and he would say, all right, all the post players are doing this. Brian, don't do that. Because he would say, hit somebody as hard as you can. And they'd say, Brian, don't, don't hit. You know, like he would literally single me big. out. Because I, I was just too big and strong. You know, and it was, um, you know, that. I mean, I, uh, at one point, um, broke a guy's back. What? Like playing basketball. I dove trying to get a loose ball. I mean, I, it was not on purpose at all. I felt bad. <laughs> felt bad You're about like that bam, but, bam, but just it was big. it was just That's like looking back man there was there was just so many moments that make sense in hindsight that the the moment happened and you're like all right well that was just normal for me but you know i didn't quite realize the gift maybe that i had been given you know yeah. like it was it was one of those things and so i i got out of um college and then i wanted to be a strength coach that's what i wanted to go into doing and so I got a spot at Arizona State. And I remember as a strength coach, I was just an intern at that point, but I had to step into the practice with the football players. And I was thinking going down there, 
okay, this is this is ASU. I mean, we're talking a top twenty five, you know, schools. Some strong fellas. I mean, this is and and I would jump in. So at certain points, they'd have an odd number of guys or whatever, and they're like, all right, Brian, you got to jump in and run this. So I would grab these guys, and and there was a couple times I would grab them and just throw them around so easily. <laughs> But it was, you know, I was only a year older, maybe, yeah. right? Because I just got out of college. So it was like right in that range. And I started to realize, wow, okay, this is, these guys are, are you know, some of them potential NFL players, whatever. And I can do this. So I started to realize, and then my lifting, my numbers were getting better so and better. So you never felt any of them. Like you never felt you were like, oh, this guy's strong. You were just, it was just a different thing. I, not playing basketball, not really doing that wow. either. Yeah, um, I was just thinking about that. You're the kind of guy that even Samoans look at and go, now that's a big dude. Yeah. Like, I, like I, you actually are a guy who can go to Samoa and you're probably, you're stronger <laughs> than the entire country. That's, yeah. I, that just dawned on me. Because yeah. is there anybody stronger than Samoans and Tongans? They're, those are strong dudes. They yeah, are yeah, strong yeah, human yeah, beings. Yeah, absolutely. Are any of them in world we've uh there's there's been there's been some there's yeah. been some yeah but yeah, yeah. but our arguably brian shaw walks goes to samoa stronger yeah. than everybody that's a weird thing i'm sorry yes. i just i like these no sequiturs. it yeah so i mean i i did that man i i you know kind of it the path made sense after right yeah. but in those moments where i was you know, doing things at, at 11, 12 years old that were not normal, right? And you also already at that age. Yeah, I, I mean, I was throwing around, you know, 50 or 60 pound hay bales. Like it wasn't normal. That was normal for me. It, it just, but looking back, it all makes sense. Cause I, I just, I really believe that I was just given a gift. Yeah, you know, you like were, I really, were. it was something that I needed to work hard to maximize without a doubt, yeah. right? But all the makings of what it what it was and so after that i remember there was one moment that i i lifted this big dumbbell i was at an expo after i was a strength coach and it, it's uh thomas you, Ench you were not competing at this point i had not competed in strong i was simply lifting to get stronger because i, what were I you loved lifting it when you, were you what were you squatting and what were you benching at this point yeah god i don't remember exact numbers but i, I was probably three 330 pounds maybe uh, okay. So it was like a year after I got to college. So I went from my playing weight around 270 or so. To an easy 330. Easy, no very easy, yeah. You weren't uh, even needing that much. Just no, that's who you are. No, I I just jumped up above 300 pounds, no problem. So I was doing that, but I was I was trying to get into the strength coach world and do that. And I was at this expo for strength coaches. And I walked through this expo when it was closed. It was kind of like a lunchtime period or whatever. And there was this dumbbell at this booth. I'd read about it was a Thomas Ench dumbbell, so it's it's kind of dubbed the unliftable dumbbell. It's a grip feed of strength. Not very many people can walk up to this and just pick it up. It's not simple like that. So no chalk, no nothing. I'm just walking through the expo. I'm like, oh man, that's a Thomas Ench dumbbell. Walk over, pick it up. So I just fully deadlift it up, no problem. Put it back down, and so um, with the, your fingers, basically, it's just a thick handle. It's like a like a very thick handled dumbbell, and it's yeah. round. I had one in the gym. I should have showed you. Yeah, I, um, my my dick is like that. Doesn't oh, is it that? Yeah, yeah that big. Okay, cool. Yeah, I could, I could. I'm ten years old. I'm ten years old. I love it, man. Keep going. Um, it's like, I'm just. I can't help myself. No, it's. Like, I surfed and, it up. And, and it was my, that big. No, but yeah, my, yeah, yeah. in my mind, I'm like, don't say it. Don't say it. It's stupid. Don't yeah. say it. Grow up. Just grow up. And then I'm like, my dick. You fought. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. yeah so, and it's out there. That's so fine. Everybody should just. Do I, to be fair, I did serve that. It's like this big. I mean, you were doing this, and you were talking. I know. I know. It's, uh, um, so I picked the dumbbell up and, and the guy running the booth ran over and was like, holy shit, did you lift that dumbbell? And I'm like, 
yeah, I left. I didn't realize how big of a deal it was. And so at that point he told me, look, you've got a strength that's one in millions. Right. And if if you don't, yeah, he's like, if you don't do something with it, you're doing a disservice basically. Like you, you're so gifted with this. It's, it's crazy, but it was just that he, I'm sure he he himself, I know has seen so many people try to lift that dumbbell. That that's it's like a sword in the stone kind of thing. Like wow. for for somebody to walk up and lift it as easy as I did, not not God. with a challenge, God. just to do it like that was crazy. So it's like that moment I think, and then I got into strongman, and as soon as I got into strongman, it was like a natural, like hey, I've never done this. That I've trained home. at a normal gym. That was, that was home. Yeah, I just I loved it, and I loved it. It fit my my competitiveness so well. So I wanted to compete. It's a I way wanted to, to express lift heavy. yourself, right? I mean, it's 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 a way to get out of like I when I would watch you, I was thinking about this. Anybody who does that stuff uh, in life, if you make a great movie, if you are, I really think I love to draw differences. There are meaningful differences in life, and it's important. But I love the comparisons. Yeah, and I'm sorry to interrupt you because it, no, I, because I, I thought about this. You know, when you are the strongest man in the world, or you're endeavoring to be so, it is a form of original self-expression in its own right. It, it, well, Absolutely. Or, or at least in your mind's eye, what, what is the pacing tiger is I have this thing in me and I got to get it out. I got to see how strong I am. Yep. I, got, I mean, I don't dare to believe I could be the strongest, but damn, I'm pretty damn strong, yep. right? Yep. And that voice going, you're one in millions. Now you... Now, if you don't answer that call, sure. if you don't exercise that demon, if you don't let that pacing tiger out of the cage, it might be a sin. Yeah. Do you ever feel that way? It's like, yes. Yeah. yeah. I needed a max. I, I always feel like I, I was given gifts and I needed to maximize them. Yes. You know, and that's kind of how I felt. Yes. You know, it, it's just, you know, all of those moments and not necessarily that one. And even at that moment, I guess I didn't, I didn't necessarily say, okay, at this moment, I'm going to be the strongest man in the world. I told uh, the strength coach there at ASU when I left that I was going to be the strongest man in the world. And I not, not competed wow. in strongman. So, so you had set that as your goal mm-hmm. and you were serious about it. Yeah. Well, I don't do the, the hard part for me is I don't, I don't ever, ever want to do anything unless I can be the best. I want, why I'm, I shouldn't say it like that. I'm going, my goal is to be the best. If I do it, I'm, I'm not going to stop. So I'll put the work into it. I'll do whatever it takes to be the best. I just want, that's, it's like a competitive thing with me it just it drives me so it's like once i got in a strong man okay i'm gonna be the best i think the realization is when i made it to my first world strongest man and got to that stage and it was like all right i can win i you can, can win, win you right can feel it yes yeah I, I first knew, one first one yeah so i didn't make the final my first year that's the only year in my strongman wow. career i did not make the final wow so it's you know I just, I knew, man. I just knew. I saw the guys. I analyzed them there. And I, I just knew. I knew that I could do it, you know, at that moment. So it's it's kind of, that was ingrained it, it a it, little bit more. Did it help that you were bigger than most people? Or are you bigger than most strong men? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, at that, at that point, I wasn't necessarily, I think I had the frame to do it. And my, um, you know, kind of ability was there. But I had to, I had to work to maximize that too. But it just takes, like there's nothing that doesn't take time right it's just you have to work on it to hone your skills well, to get better but you have to work correctly mm. and right so yeah. 
it, it's it's like my buddy Tony Blower says: be careful of what you practice. You might get really good at the wrong thing, right? And I that's feel a gra- that's a great statement. It's Very a great good. statement because you're kind of known, whether you know it or not, for your technique. For you, I, I feel like deadlift. First of all, it's astonishing you can lift that much because you have so much further to go. Um, but also, I feel like you do deadlift technically wrong, but technically, but like I don't mean it that way. I just mean you because you're so tall you had to open your legs more you had to mm. do certain things is that true? i took i took a lot of scrutiny for that you did i did oh yeah yeah okay yeah, but yeah. they can kiss my ass because you're lifting yep. more weight yes so yep. well i was back then okay so i didn't know you took scrutiny for that. oh god yeah, yeah my buddy yeah. was saying that yep. it was pretty extraordinary he was yep. like to, to be able to lift with that kind of technique yep. and that kind of skill is yep. is a huge part of it well i was here's what i'll say is I was never scared to think outside the box a little bit and do things a little bit different, right? So I would watch video, I would analyze different things, but I would think about it and say, okay, how am I going to maximize lift? So when I got into the sport or into lifting, I got told, as a lot of tall guys do, well, you're never going to be good at deadlift because you're too tall. You're never going to be good at bench press because you're too tall. And I, I never accepted that. I never would accept those opinions from those people. Because, I would have. Yeah. Because I would have said, well, these people are pros and this is physics, but yeah. you didn't. No, no, no. Yeah. I, I just, Fine. I said, there's a way, there's gotta be a way I'll figure out a way. Right. So when I got in, into deadlift, as I was kind of building up, I was experimenting with different stances to deadlift in and, and what would be best for me based on my build, my leverages, how it looked, uh, analyzing a video from the side. <laughs> And I was just open to it, man. And I started opening up my stance. And for me, I was able to maximize more of my strength and get more out of my legs by opening up my stance a little bit more. So my biggest, strongest muscles, I could get into the movement more by doing it. So when I started doing, I was really, I feel like the first guy, I mean, I never saw anybody else open up their stance. It wasn't doing a sumo deadlift, right? But a conventional stance deadlift, Mm. I was going wider than anybody I had ever seen, right? But people would come on and say that stance is so stupid. What are you doing? Like you, but again, this is a lot of times. I feel like in life, what you've got is you've got. If you think of an arena full of of people, and you let's just say you're watching a football game, there's 22 players on the field, hundred thousand people in the stands. Those eleven or well, eleven on each team, twenty two. Those those are the individuals that are getting in front of everybody. They're putting it on the line, and these hundred thousand people are the ones that that can scrutinize. They can sit back and say, "Well, why is he stepping that way? Why is why didn't he throw the ball here? Why didn't he make this play?" Right, and that's that's life, man. Like yeah. typically, people it's the difference that do, in watching fighting and fighters. Yeah, the, 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 he should have kept his hand up. Yep, get in the ring there and get hit. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So you're. It's so easy to sit sit in a chair, or sit on the couch, and say, "Well, you do this, you do that," or get behind a keyboard and. But that's well, what I worry about, Bri, with people that are running our narrative, the people running our country, the people that are coming up with ideas that all of us are supposed to adopt. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of those people are not. They 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 hear about life. They've read about life. Yeah. I'm not so sure they've done life. I, I feel like a lot of the people who, look, you need professors, you need economists, you need think tank wonks, you need uh, politicians, you need uh, academics, you need entertainers, okay? 
But there is a bit of a liability there because your, your knowledge is limited because there are certain things you can only learn by playing the game. 100%. And sometimes I feel like the, the narrative is being controlled by people that don't, pay up, that don't pay up the price for being wrong. And they're in the stands yep. while the rest of us are playing the game and getting dirty and paying a price. And, and our decisions make all the difference. The diff, the, the, you know, that, that's, that's why I've always trusted and enjoyed being around people like yourself as opposed to, and I love academics, but academics are very limited to an extent. Because there are just certain things you will only learn and understand when you have to put your hands on the world. Hundred percent, right? Yep. And 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 that's I that's what I fear in in our world, our economy. Man, and, I I couldn't agree more. Yeah, couldn't, I like that. I I mean it it makes sense. You've got to you got to get in in the mud, so to speak. You, you got to get, get in hands. the mud. Yeah, yeah you got to have I mean, to. Yep. Yeah, because the, you know if you if you are doing deadlift wrong for yep. you. Yep. If you're not ignoring the scrutiny, you can pop a disc or break your knee or worse. Certainly. Yeah. And so the consequences of that are dire. They they can be, yeah. yeah. And and you know it's it's being it's being willing to maybe take the scrutiny, I guess, but do it your own way, right? Sure. Like, well, you like, want proper guidance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want proper tutelage. And I had, it's not that I didn't have different coaches, you know, look at it, but that that call I made my myself, right? I didn't have anybody step in and say, well, Brian, maybe you should widen your stance up a little bit more and play with it. That was more of a trial and error that I was willing to go in because it made sense to me, Yeah. right? And now- well, you're very cerebral about this stuff. Yeah. The, now it, it's it's a funny how many different athletes have adopted that. Because it, it, you, the first guy is going to take all the shit for it, kind of, right? And say, Everybody well, this is stupid. It. But it's like, wait a minute, that actually works. And, you know, for me, it worked. It, it just worked. So I was able to maximize that lift to add it to my arsenal, right? And, and you know, I've done, I don't know how many deadlifts, over 1,000 pounds now. It's, it's, it's something that I was able to do and execute through hard work, but also through trial and error of trying to do it better. You know, it's so weird that you deadlift a thousand pounds. Yeah, it, and and I there's man there's it's 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 fun, but it was a challenge, right? It was a challenge to get there and challenge to overcome. And um and I to be fair, I needed I felt like I needed to have that in my arsenal to win, you know. And and um do you didn't have that do carryover. you feel like um because I want to ask you about the mentality of how one maintains their their discipline their intensity over the long haul. And sometimes athletes are not psychologically complicated, um, I would imagine. And if they are, they have to learn how to quiet those voices. Um, so do you, do you think that you are, I mean, do you think that you are um, psychologically complicated? For, so, so a lot of athletes use a, uh, uh, a psychological coach, Yep. right? And... Um, and without that, it's it's problems, right? It's it's especially with heavy weight. Like it, mm. it is a lot of its mind. I can do this. Yep. Right. So, do you um, do you think of yourself as psychologically complicated, or or has it always been enough just to be driven by the need to win? It's a great question. I I think that the the need to win has driven me hard, yep. very very hard. Right, and that that sustains you. It definitely sustains me now. 
with that being said, you know, it's at certain points I would, the way that I trained, I would gain confidence through my training. And what I mean by that is let's just say I'm approaching a deadlift, a max deadlift, and I'm trying to get ready for it. The way that the, I would approach my training cycle, let's just say this is the, you know, the end line, it, you know, it is wherever all of those sessions leading up, I would never fail in training. So I would make the call on the day based on what I was capable of to push that line, just creep up to it. So every workout was very specific. Very specific, yes. Yeah. yeah, so every time you walked in the gym, there was a very specific game plan. It wasn't, I'm just not gonna just go in there and work out. Yeah. You had you had goals that were set. There were lines to cross here. Yeah, for sure. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily let's just say if I was gonna do a triple, I wouldn't necessarily call the top end weight of the triple. I would just leave it open. So I would do on that day what I was capable of. So if I had a perfect day, I would push it a little bit harder. If I had a bad day, didn't sleep good, you know, was stressed out, whatever, I would be able to back it off a touch. But the beauty in that was I wouldn't wouldn't fail. So what I would do is I would leave the training session saying I could have done more. I could have done more. And that would get in my head. Now, was it 10 pounds more? Was it 30 pounds more? Was it 40? It didn't really matter because all I knew is that I didn't fail and therefore I didn't reach my limit. So through the training cycle, I would try to strategically pick these weights on each day. But by the time I got to the contest, if somebody asked me, Brian, how much, you, how much can you deadlift or, or what are you going to pull? I would literally say, I don't know, because I, I'm genuine, 100% of my head, I believe that, that I did not know where my limit was. Because, because yeah, today you may, you may yep. shatter your own record. Yep. And that's, that's what would happen. I love typically. that so much because yeah. when, when uh, you go out to do uh, a play or you are going to be an actor in a movie or you're going to go do stand up, I always, always try to say in my mind, I go, I don't know. Let's see what happens. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. I have, I know where I'm going, Sure, but something might pop up. Well, see, and that's, and that's interesting. We're talking a lot about me because you're obviously awesome at this and you throw it out there, but well, I'm fascinated going with back, extreme yeah, winners. going back, like I want I want you to answer that same thing about you. Cause you said there was a point where you realized that you could do comedy professionally. Yeah. Right. And then walking through that door, it's kind of like me with strongman. Like there was a certain point where it's like, oh, wow, this is, this door is kind of opening and yeah. I'm pushing through it. For you, was that was that tough? Was it a big jump? Was it stressful? Yeah, was it, it was always a big jump. But you know, I I um I started by writing plays, and I and they were funny, and I knew I had an imagination. And in theater school, I did certain things that people were surprised at. I knew I had a I knew I had an imagination. I, I and and you know, I, my imagination is good. I can tell, you know, I mean, just being with you for today, I can tell that. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It's what I, it's how I make my living. Right. Um, but, um, I, I think that I had always, always at this point, by the time I was 25, I, I was just always making my friends laugh. So if you asked any of my friends, it didn't matter who they were. They were always like, you're the, he's the funniest guy. Absolutely. I just was always silly and I lived to make them laugh. It was my, I just, it, it was when I felt alive. I just, everything else was, you know, I love you. Were you writing stuff to test on your friends or it just was coming out naturally? Um, yes. So what I, what I, it's funny you say that because I, I well, I didn't think stand up was for me. Okay. Right? okay. I'm a funny, silly guy. 
Yeah. I want to be an actor because I wanted to be famous. I liked that. I wanted attention from girls and I yeah. wanted to make money. I just wanted whatever you, all the wrong reasons to be an actor. That's what I wanted to be an actor. Okay. I just wanted attention. <laughs> I love, I love the attention. I wanted to be the guy people were talking about, which by the way is part of what drives you. Like yeah. I was never going to be an athlete like you, but no matter what I did, whether it was wrestling or whatever, I was always going to be, I was never going to be, you know, the guy on the bench. Right, you're in the no game. No matter what, you're I'm going to be in the game. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to try to be as good as I can be. Now, I learned very quickly as an athlete that was just not going to be the case. But but anything I did, whether it was acting or whatever, I knew I was going to find my way. I'd find my way through, man. I'd get myself out there, you know, somehow. But um, I think with stand-up, what I started to do, because I my, my girlfriend who became a very famous director, Patty Jenkins, okay. uh, wrote and directed Wonder Woman and Monster and Wonder Woman. Awesome. Big, she's the biggest, you know. But we were very young, very, very young. This was 20 fucking five, seven, 30 years ago, my God. And she said, uh, Brian, stop trying to be a brooding actor, man. You're not this deep, brooding, you know, serious guy. You're the funniest dude all of us know. I made some speech at a wedding and it was really funny. Yeah. She goes, stand up comedy. But it was so terrifying to me, dude. It was like putting my whole life on the line. I was like, I'm not professionally funny. And I started writing jokes and pretending they belonged to a comic and I would recite them for my friends. I, go, I heard this, I heard this comic do this thing. And I remember my buddy was taking a shower, my roommate. And I told, I, I can't remember, I did this joke and he went, he, he went, bah, he, he spit. He just started laughing really loud. And I went, fuck, I wrote that. I wrote that. That's great. Right? Yeah. And then, so pretty you, soon. You were, you were in the room while he was taking a shower? And uh, I mean, I was. That's kind of weird. No, listen, there were, parts, <laughs> there were parts on his back he couldn't reach. Okay. Okay. okay? And I. Like, and, I mean, I just made it even weirder, man. No, dude. And, and plus, he couldn't get certain parts of his dick clean. That's, I don't horrible. Get into that's that. horrible. That's no, horrible. No, dude. It was I had a loofah. It was a natural sponge. You're asking me all uh, these weird questions. <laughs> I just I wanted to know why it, you were telling him joking. He's showering and why it's the college shower. shit, dude. Okay. I stuck my head in. Hey, that's bro. all. Hey, it's, all right. It's all. It's all good. It's Fucking all good. Unbelievable. The assumptions. Yeah, yeah. I just. I mean, hey. It was. It was you're a, the one that said the shower and the joke and spitting and all well, that. You were so. the one behind me going, yes, yes. <laughs> He was, I was, he was pushing the sled. Anyway, yeah, yeah, I was yeah, pushing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you tell the joke, he loves it, and you wrote it, but he, you were pretending that it was written by somebody else. Yes, and then, and then one thing leads to another, and then you get up on stage, and it's the most terrifying thing. Now doing stand up is the only time I feel comfortable. I mean, oh, I always feel comfortable, but I, but but there, there's there's never I've never been on stage where I'm even remotely nervous. I'm just it's just where I belong. That's you know? that's I mean, literally, what a couple days ago. We were talking about you coming out here, mm -hmm. and you called me on the phone, right? And I, I was, I was like, "Oh, it's perfect time." And I just got home. I'm talking to you, and you're like, "All right, man, I literally have to walk right on stage. Yeah. I'm out." Yeah, I'm, yeah I, I, I literally, I walked in and told my wife, "I was like, Brian literally called me, and he's literally walking on stage yes. right as he's getting off the phone with me." Yeah. You would think that you would be, no. you know, prepping or you know whatever. And I was yeah. like. It was very strange what you just said to me in yeah. the phone call. But yeah, people can never get over that. I've done that many times. Yeah, it was where nuts. They're like, I'm talking, and like, and, you know, and I've just run up, and they're like, "How the fuck?" But, but it's so it's. It, but, but I use that. Whatever's going on in that moment is yeah. gonna is what the audience is gonna get at first. But the other thing that I I kind of um, I like uh, when I was watching you and thinking about you and looking at how big you were and stuff like that. 
there's a strange loneliness that comes with, and I might be being dramatic here, but I like being dramatic. There was a loneliness. There's a, to be such an outlier, and it's not just in your mentality as a winner, but to be physically so big where the world doesn't accommodate you. You don't fit in the world. You know, um, I think comics, any comic worth his or her salt feels the same way. We really do. That's so interesting. We're, we're, we're at the end of the day, in many ways, we're loners. We're outsiders. It drives my wife crazy. My wife yeah. is just like, You're, where are you right now? You're just in your own world. My sister would always say, Brian's here, but he's not really here. That's too I'm, funny. I'm, you know, I'm, in my, I'm talking, I'm doing my thing, because maybe that's the only time in many ways I feel alive where it's, it's just, I don't know. What a weird thing to get up on stage and make people laugh. That's, it's got to be jumping into that has to be so like you're putting yourself out there right you're in front of these people and what if they don't laugh yeah right or what if you don't connect i, I would imagine at least the first few times or first year of that or whatever would be such a you're diving in the deep end well right? that, that, and, and that connecting goes with away. different crowds or that you know. goes away but what the challenge becomes when you're my age at 55 you know and I, I was gonna ask you about this too like when you have in many ways Prove to yourself that you can do certain things that you didn't think you could do comedically or just, you know, show business. You, you, first you have to have the hunger to keep going, like to continue to be as original as you were. You got to keep that hunger. Mm. Number two, um, you've got to make sure you're not repeating yourself. You want to make sure you're not answering the same damn questions. The question I've always been obsessed with is, is how does one define courage? How does one define masculinity? And do they actually exist? You know, interesting. Because yeah. courage might be, I'm scared shitless, but I did it anyway. So I don't know what that is, right? And I'm not sure. I don't know. But but yeah. I, that's a question I'm always asking. And and, yeah. and of course, there's a large part of me that wants to be anybody but me. You know, and I think you need that as a comic. Yeah. Um. So the challenge becomes: How do I shift my mental paradigms? How do I how do I shake everything up and ask a different question because most authors don't most authors are always obsessed with the same question it is what it is maybe i'm a limited creature and maybe this is it for me but i'll keep doing it you know and i'll, I'll find ways to make people laugh do you find some competition malaise are you now that you've proved that you're so strong and you've done this is it hard to get up for another competition do you think you're retired do you have the itch to do it again yeah i god man that's great I, uh, I'm deep, dude. Yeah, I love it. I love it. it it's, um, should have written that shit down. You know, for me, it was never hard through my career because I could go through the hard work to get ready, go through the camp, do the contest, win, and then I was ready for the next thing. So I would celebrate the win for a very, very short moment, and then it was on to the next, right? So it was never. Well, the, yeah, wolves I would, are, the wolves are at the door. Yeah, and I, I always, I guess, felt that, and I like that. So it wasn't, it wasn't about, hey, look at me, look at what I've done, or look how great I am. Like I remember, I went really. I, so I, after you've won, after you're the strongest man in the world. Yep. Like, what is that night like for you? God, it, well, it involves eating, of course. <laughs> um, yeah. I think I had a few drinks and just relaxed, man. It was it was kind of surreal. I remember looking at the trophy a few different times and just being like, wow, 
this is crazy, you know, yeah. because the the year before I had tied like you brought up of course thank you for bringing that up the tie thing uh you were the one who brought it up dude such i brought it up to you earlier you didn't have to bring it up well because Um, because it's called exposure therapy yeah the more i expose (laughs) you to it the less traumatic it'll be well thank you yeah Yeah. that's awesome i I haven't been exposed at all in the past however many years (laughs) um so i had i tied come so close and it was like like winning that that title was kind of like getting the monkey off my back because it was there i felt like it should have been mine the year before yeah and then you come back and do it so it was it was kind of surreal but i remember uh, a couple of my training partners one in particular was was like man i, I didn't know what you were going to come back like you know because we've put in all this hard work and the whole goal was to get to that that mountaintop yeah. win the title whatever and i was literally back in the gym on on the next day i got home you know and it was all right let's go back to work and it was it was not really like i was not satisfied with that getting there where some individuals get there and they 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 lose that hunger they lose that passion they lose the aggression you love it too though right yeah no i do i do i always have i've loved loved the sport i love the competition i love the i love the journey I love all, yeah, it's not hard. People always said, and I I think about this, but they said it was hard, right? It's so hard. They want to talk about it. And I was like, you know what? It's not hard for me. I never thought it was hard. I was talking to Frankie Edgar yesterday. Okay. And Frankie is now retired and he's been fighting. Very good fighter. Legend, a legend. And uh, he just loved it. Just loved the the process, the grind. Yeah. Yes. He just loved fighting. Yeah. And unfortunately, you get to a point in, in fighting where you just you, you can't do it anymore. Yeah, and that's the same. I mean, let's not be let's not be foolish. I mean, fi- father time's undefeated, right? Like, undefeated. especially in athletics, it's. And I'm I'm not foolish enough to think like, all right, I'm going to go forever. I don't really I don't necessarily want to go forever, right? But I'm kind of at a point where I still feel good. My body still feels good. I'm strength wise good, right? I've yeah. got I've got a lot better of things. Better than good. Better than good. Keep going. Yeah, I, f- I feel I feel great, man. Yeah, I feel great, and and it, and it's it's one of those things where I think like that question that you just asked about. Okay, do you get the itch? Yeah, of course I do, man. And I think I probably will for a long time, right? Even even after you know I I maybe choose to walk away or whatever I'm gonna do there, but I never wanted to go in the sport where i was at a point where i was broken and it's like i'm broken i can't do it i have to walk away and force this i wanted to be able to kind of make the choice right like all right this is it i'm gonna do this is there is there an itch is the door still open a little bit i think one more yeah i think it is man i think it is it's it's um i think it's still open you know it's i think it's important and this is probably for me right now in this moment the first time in my entire career that I've actually taken a step back and and analyzed, right? Like analyzed the body of work, analyzed what I want to do, what I want to accomplish, where I want to go. I mean, there's a lot of things and a lot of changes that I've tried to make within the sport. And that's been a big motivating factor for me too, right? So I um, have started my own contest. We call it the Shaw Classic where, you know, I'm, I'm bringing in the top 16 guys in the world and we're putting this contest on and it's a, I call it a contest by the athletes for the athletes because that's truly what it is, right? I've tried to start that and make that successful and it has become successful and it's awesome. And I love doing it and I love making that change. For me, I think it's that lasting impact on the sport 
that that's that means a lot to me. Yes, you can talk about titles and you can talk about whatever lifts or records or this type of stuff. I mean, all of that stuff is is wonderful, right? And I'm proud. I'm certainly proud of it. But I think the the change by and large that I've been able to make, and a lot of the newer athletes won't even realize, you know, some of the stuff that I've done or been a part of that's made it better for them and kind of paved the path. But I look at the guys before me. They, right you know, the, that i always have the respect. children never respect the father this is the thing but yeah. I, I i tried to be that guy though like i met guys that competed throughout you know whether it was the 80s and 90s and you know maybe early 2000s before i was into it i always know their name i always respect what they've done you're just one of those guys that, you know it, you're fascinating because like just looking at the operation you have going here and how successful you've been just outside of the game i mean you don't make a lot of money as a strong man no but you've 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 parlayed this into an entire business and a really great business and so it's none of that is surprising that that's just you're just one of those guys you're just you know you're a good businessman that's rare too to be an athlete of your stature and then be that good a businessman and so I'm well, not, I appreciate that. Well, man. I mean, it's, it's just yeah. a fact. It's, yeah. it's just like you're one of those guys. You're just a, you're a winner. You're a sensitive guy when I bring up certain things. But oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud. I love. I love. I, sensitive I just, guy. That's sensitive. good. That's good. I brought up the tie, and you got upset. Yeah, hey man. It's, you know? it's it, after all these years. That's I don't know. If that's ever going to be not a raw thing. Whatever. You know, Dan Gable, the great wrestler. Yeah. he remembers. To a T, the time he lost in high school. Can't let it go. That's crazy. Yeah, can't let it go. I understand, though. Yeah, I get yeah. it. Man. I know you do. Yep, yep. I, I know you it. do, and I love that about you. So how how do you, you remaining, you brought up the point, re, remaining competitive, right? Yeah. For you, it has to be competitive, too, though. In it's a always different, In a different way. But, but think of this. Think of your career longevity, mm-hmm. right? And I... I'm going to call it a game, but it is a game. It, it's how I can't imagine how much it has changed for you from, from when you started to when, where you are now, right. And how things have changed because I mean, you would, you would have been going before any of the social media before any of that stuff. So nobody you're getting your name out there, but it's changing. It's changing by the month, man. Yeah, I mean, I'm not joking. We we are now in. An, I've seen this business change exponentially, and the biggest worry for all of us is literally where do we fit in? I mean, I, is AI going to replace? I mean, comedy is now uh, ingested like a commodity, like you do candy. Like you better be coming up with jokes all the time. You better be coming up with content all the time. There is so much noise. When I started doing podcasts, nobody had a podcast. No one. Fighter and the Kid was like number four in the world for seven years in sports or something. We were huge. Yeah, you guys killed. Yeah, I mean, it was still big, but it was like it was so big. And and I did ten minute podcast. That was we didn't know what we had. We didn't know what we were doing. That's amazing. Uh, But 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 now everybody has a podcast. Now something like three thousand nine hundred new songs hit Spotify a day or something. I can't remember what it is. But so. There is so much out there. There yeah. is there that you are competing. Sketch comedy is not needed. The internet's a sketch. I can I can thumb through, you know, reels or TikTok or whatever, and get my shots of dopamine. 
because these companies that study persuasion technology have hijacked our brainstems. And so when you would go to a movie back when we were growing up, including you, yeah, uh, you know, when somebody had a stand-up special, it was a one-hour special, and you watched the whole special. It was awesome, yeah. And it was like, yep. there were, you could be thematic, you could tell a story. It took you at least two years to do that. Now, when you do a special and you drop it on Netflix, the average time people watch those specials, and I don't care who you are or how famous you are, is about 22 minutes. They don't get through it. Seriously. They don't get through it. So Netflix So 22 like, minutes out of an hour. Yes. So a lot of comics are wow. like, is it worth even dropping an hour? An hour's too long. Nobody's going to watch it to the end. Our brains have been rewired. You can get your fix, your entertainment fix. Now, I'm not saying there isn't always going to be room for great story. Yeah. And story you sit there for an hour, you know, but- Man, it's 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 hard to stay relevant. Yeah, and if you are relevant, you, you better you better save your money because you're going to be irrelevant in in a in a hot minute. But how many? I mean, for you, I would imagine there has to be a high number of comedians that have come and gone. Yes, right. Yes, but you you've been able to stay the course. It's the same thing for me, yes. right? I mean, in in the strongman game, it's not normal it's not normal to stay around yeah as long as i have yeah. or to stay basically toward the top or at the top for this long yeah it's not normal but that's but that's comes from your why i I'm, I'm beginning to think that so much of it is is are what are your intentions and what is the why why are you really doing this yeah you know i do know that some people are driven by an unhealthy why okay but but for me maybe it's a little bit spiritual for me, it's it's. Um, well, you said you feel alive, right? Like for you, you I get. Just, an, I feel like I've been given this opportunity, and I still I still have so much potential to tap. Absolutely. And if I don't get it out there, it's a sin. Yeah. And uh, maybe I'm being religious about it, but I really no, mean it's I, a sin. And I feel so lucky. Yeah. You know, and I'm sure you feel so lucky yeah. that you get to do this for a living. Why? Well, and, and it's funny you say that because I feel the same way. Yeah, I do. It, I know. It's like I have, I genuinely feel like I was given a gift. And if I don't put it on display and maximize it, then I'm, I'm, you know, failing, right? Like, it, yeah, it's not- yeah. But I also feel, I also find it to be a privilege to talk to someone like yourself and have things in common. Yeah. You know, I spoke to Springsteen one time about writing songs and we were comparing it to writing jokes. And then we had this really spiritual conversation about how, in some ways, the joke and the song already exist. It's up to you to keep showing up for it to reveal itself to you. Interesting. It's kind of really cool. But I, I just, I would never have been able to have a conversation of that level with a guy like that or talk to you about competition mindset, you know, without maybe going down my own path and failing as much as I have. Absolutely. And then, you know, succeeding yeah. You know, I well, it's not, it's not an easy journey and that's, yeah, I think a lot thank of, God. a lot of people, yeah, no, seriously. It's, I don't think a lot of people listening to this, well, it's hard, it's hard for a lot of people to even comprehend that, right? Because so many people try to get, let's just say they try to get into something, whatever that might be, and they meet some resistance or it gets hard or something gets in their way or whatever, and they give up. You know, but but staying the course with something because you know, for me, okay, I'm saying yes. I feel like I've been given these gifts and all that. Like there were certain points where it wasn't easy, no, 
right? You have to fight some adversity. I mean, there's, there's times, I mean, I've done different contests where I've got injured at the contest, right? I mean, I mean, well, you could have been 10th, Brian. Yeah. Like 10th place is a pretty amazing. And, and I would have been like, that guy was 10th strongest in the world. Yeah. But you were the, you were the first, you were the strongest and you did it four times slash yeah. five. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Moment of silence. You love that. You love that. I'm just saying. You know. But that, the difference between third place and first place is a fucking ocean. Yes, of course. It just of is. Course. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's, that's the difference. Yeah. I don't have that. Yeah. I don't have that. I don't know. Whatever that is you have, that's a very rare, that's, that's rare steak sauce. Yeah. But, but you have, the thing is, man, the, you're, you're downplaying yourself because what you have is rare as hell too. Right. I mean, re- I, that, I, I, that, that I do world, think, I do think it's, it's a, being a comic. You have a gift in that world. It's a, it's a, right? it's a small the, fraternity. Yeah. To make people, to be able to make people laugh, you know, yeah. anywhere, anytime. For What's an unique. And, and like, for me, I, I remember absolutely, you know, that type of format. And for me, I would still consume that. Right. I guess if you're using that word, yeah. like, like if you put out an hour, I would, I would sit down and would listen the whole man hour. Right? Tears on YouTube, right. man tears, just dropped my special man tears on YouTube. There you go. It's Check free. it out. Love okay. it. I'm Love just it. saying or complicated apes. Keep going. Perfect. Yep. And watch the whole thing. Do watch not, the do whole not thing. skip out at 22 minutes. Thank Don't you. Do that it's guy. thematic and it's yeah. about how you, how you are vulnerable, regardless of whether you want to be or not. Man tears. That was just a plug. That's I do, I do small. We we need we need the plug. Laugh need- Boston. I'll be in Laugh Boston New Year's in 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 Boston. I'm doing stand up 29th, 30th, 31st. Sorry. Perfect. If you're in Boston, go. Yeah. Done. Oh, you got to come out to a show. That'd be perfect. What man. are you doing I would, for New Year's? You're here. I'm here. I'm here. Yep. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yep. Keep going. I'm sorry. Yep. I no, it's perfect, man. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a rare rare thing though. I guess I'm saying a lot of people listening. You know, it has to start with with something that you're passionate about, though. Yeah, I think if you can find something you're passionate about and you you naturally kind of gravitate towards that, right? Yeah, and I always it's, say to young men, um, if or young people, you know, um, but but if if you don't have something you're passionate about, expand your understanding, start reading and listening to people, and get good at something. I just believe in getting good at something. Like, yep. get, learn how to play 25 songs on the guitar. Get your black belt in jujitsu. Start with your blue belt. Make small goals. But just get good at something. Place your energy somewhere productive so that you can understand how to get good at something. So you can learn the art of learning. Does that yep. make sense? No, I love it. Yeah. I love it. That's what I loved about watching you today in the gym. You were... You're very guarded, man, of your body. You, yep. you weren't going to lift a lot of weight. You could have, like, wowed us and all that, but you're like... No, this is my off day. Yeah. It's going to move slowly. And yeah. you took it very seriously. Even weight that I was moving, you're just like focused, you know? Yeah. That's what yeah. it takes. Yeah. That, that. Well, it's, uh, I think I like that, man. Get good at something. I yeah, think man. that's great. It's, that's it's, how you learn about yourself. You have, you have not psychology. Yep. Yep. You can sit in a therapist's office all you, all you want. You yep. go do that. Yep. That's all good. I think I believe in that. Get good at something. Well, you have to come up against yourself. It kind of goes back to what what um, what you you were saying earlier about getting your hands dirty, right? You have to get in and learn, and not not be scared to get in the game, so to speak, right? Like like get off the sidelines. Yeah. Stop, you know, pretending that you are can can get extremely intelligent. Yeah. Without without hands on learning, 
Yeah. Right. So go, go get good at something and explore and, you know, um, maybe put your phone down for a little bit. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like just, just kind of, you'll, you'll get something. Yeah. You'll, you'll get, um, an understanding, you know, it's a little bit like you, you won't understand. There's a, there's a part of life you'll never understand until you have children and you have to try to make a marriage work. You know, this is true. You this know, those true, difficult man. things. Yeah. 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 You know, that, that, that like, it's like you, you will lose some of your freedom. Yep. If you want to call it that, by the way, but you'll gain something else. That's the relentless irony. Something gained, something much better, something lost, something much yeah. bigger gained. Well, I think you go, th go through different seasons of life, yeah. you know, as well. And I, I think it's something that you can learn a lot. And, and, you know, what, what has been said, if you're the same, same person at 20 as you are at 40 or something like you haven't, you yeah. haven't really lived yes. or yeah. done anything. And I think that that's very, very true. And, yeah. and, you know, going through that and gaining that knowledge and experience and, you know, uh, having kids or getting married, like that type of stuff, you, you learn a lot about yourself going through that process yes. and it's amazing. And, and it's, it's kind of perspective looking back, but for you, how much it's changing, how much the game has changed. <sighs> It's, it's, uh, scary. Like how, how do you, and I'm genuinely fascinated by this. How do you stay in front of it? I mean, do you ever, do you ever sit down and say, man, cause everything now, right. If you put something out, it gets shared and then everybody sees it. And then yeah. it's almost like, is that then gone? Like, can you not use that again? Or? It's, it's a great time to be alive in many ways because I get to do things like this. The way you get ahead of it is you follow, you know, the things you want to do. I, I love, I, I want to find the most interesting people in the world and I want to do a show like this. I want to go talk to people like you. And I, 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 I just find it endlessly fascinating. But, you know, I don't just want to do a podcast with them. I want to do something active with them. I want to see them in their element so I can get a little taste. It's a dark room, but you gave me a flashlight today. Yeah. I got to work out with the strongest man in the world. That's, that's an interesting thing. You were teaching me technique and we're talking about the nuances of things. I just think that you can't get that from just podcasting. You makes, get a lot from sense. podcasting. Makes but sense. Yeah. yeah. So, so I guess maybe putting it into action is fantastic. Yeah. That's how you stay ahead of it. I think yeah. for now, yeah, I'll yeah. let you know in five years, I'll let you know in three months. Yeah. You know, yeah, shit's yeah. changing, but like all we can do is, the, our best you're, you're it's life might be one continual just miss yeah and one continuous mistake but you know in the meantime managing managing it all how do you speak to yourself in the morning do you did you have a ritual that gets your head right or do you wake up with your head right i have gone through different phases with that you know you wake up and um i i really like to uh get to a spot of gratitude. Oh yeah. I really, really oh, like that. That's new you know? for me. Yeah. And it's, it's huge. And I think that, I think that that can pay off in so many different ways. And so I try to, I really, really genuinely believe that if you, you put out positivity and put out positive energy, you'll get that back. You know? So I, I think that that's the way that I've tried to really approach my life and, and my approach. Right. So it's not a selfish Hey, it's all about me. It's more like, Hey, you know what? I like helping people out. I like spreading a positive message and I'm grateful for this moment or these things, you know? So if I can kind of think like 
hey, I'm going to think of th- three things that I'm grateful for. So I really try to think about that as much as I can. Uh, morning routine always can improve. I go through phases with that where there are certain times where I'm, I'm getting up, I'm you know hydrating, and then I'm going for a walk, and then I'm doing this. And sometimes with the kids and life, it just gets hard to yeah, do some of that. Yeah, but I always try to maintain that grateful, the grateful mindset and put that out. And I really for me as much as like okay the competitions and trophies and challenges that i've gone through what means the most to me is trying to make an impact on on other people and the people that say to me hey brian you know what i saw you go through this or whatever and i went and lost 50 pounds or i i I kind of it's so good Ah, man i love that when that happens it's amazing and it's the best and and it's it's like trying to to say like say right now, okay, go get good at something or take that first step or embrace that challenge or live your life. Just make a couple changes, man. And it's the first step. All you have to do is make the first step. And then, then you, you navigate from there and kind of figure it out. But so many people are scared to take that first step yeah, and scared to put themselves out there, scared to kind of be the, the one that gets in the game. Cause what if you fail? Right. Right. What if it doesn't go good? What if you get up on stage and, and people don't like this joke or don't That's embrace right. it? Right. Yeah. And that doesn't, or what that it, doesn't what, happen to me, but I, I, no, I, I don't get the it sense that, if fun. it was going to happen, it would have happened a long time ago. That's right. But keep going. You know, I mean, there's only a couple jokes that where's I my, laugh at my, today. From you, camera? So, yeah. <laughs> they were all polite laughs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, were all, they were all fake laughs. But but you get what I'm saying. It's kind of like what if 100%. I what if I get out on at a contest and I can't lift something, yeah. right? Or I can't move it or whatever. And and that that's I think a um, a learning point yeah. for me. And I and ironically enough, some of the very first contests I did, I I failed at certain things. Yeah, I did. Yeah, right. Like you, I got you, out there. You have to. Yeah, I was saying it to you. Yeah. There's no other way. Yeah. So it's you have to go through that, and it's it's you know at those moments. I could have quit, right? Yeah. I mean, I wasn't going to, yeah, no right? It, it, it was it was more, okay, I've got some work to do. You right? knew, right? Yeah. In your mind's eye, you knew you had it in you. All you had to do is assume the position. It's, you gotta, you gotta do it, man. And, and again, it's, it's, I think in my heart, I started to believe it more and more, but looking back at my journey, why things fell into place, why this happened, why that happened, it all makes a hell of a lot more sense looking back than at the time. I at the time I didn't really realize, and I'm I'm actually happy about that. I'm happy that I didn't do, realize. Do you it. get nervous about your future because now you have to stop doing this eventually? Like, you know, I, like, is that something you even think about, or are you just in the moment? I would say that it's probably not true. If I were to say to you, okay, I'm not a little bit nervous about what do I do next? It's you know, how do you, how do you kind of yeah. reinvent yourself a little yeah. bit? But I've got a lot of things that I can be competitive in with business or with life or arm I, wrestling, maybe arm wrestling, maybe. Right. Who, who yeah. is the guy? Who's that guy? The guy who won the Georgian Levon. His name is Levon Levon. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I know you got your so, eye on him. I know he's got, <laughs> I know he's probably he's, heard that the strongest man like that. Brian Shaw's wants to get into arm, arm wrestling. And, and see, so this is, this is, again, you go back to that, right? If I was him, what, what I would say is, all right, cool. That's awesome, man. Let's, let's go. Right. Right, I'm going to try to level my game up because he's obviously got the, the, the advantage right now without a doubt. But with that being said, I like challenges, right? I love challenges. It's not just 
something, it's just something that I like. And if you, if you say to me that, um, it's impossible, I, I don't, I don't believe anything is impossible. Well, obviously, right. I don't, I just don't tall for, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I don't like when people say impossible. I don't like that word and I don't believe that things are impossible. So if you say this guy's unbeatable, it perks my ears up, man. Like I like him. I've heard that. he's unbeatable. Yeah. I yeah. have. Yeah. And I know that he's probably saying something like, tell Brian Shaw to bring it. I will break him. We'll break him. So that's a good Georgian accent. That was good. I, I that was will, good. I will break him. Yeah. He's strong man, but he's nothing for my arms. I feel like that that was that the same voice they used in uh the hangover, Eddie in the hangover. No, dude. No, the hangover. It, I was I was speaking like this because I was from uh, Lebanon. It's very different. That's uh, that does sound. But different. I Sorry. was doing yep. I was doing Russian. That was awesome, I by the way. From Georgia, Georgia. You did very good with that. Do you know who else was from Georgia? A famous figure in history. Are and you not, skating over the fact they gave you a compliment? I'm so I'm so I'm dude I'm so used to compliments about my accents. I apologize. I, oh, are you? Thank you. Yeah, you should be. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that's nice. I, I, I like your hands. Are you going to be, are you going to be, I mean, in a manly way, yeah. are you going to be your shovers? Are you going to be um, hungry for dinner? Cause we're going to a very good restaurant. We do. We do. Unfortunately, I feel like I could talk to you literally all day. I know. Me too. And it's, it's kind of like we're on a mandate a little I know, bit. dude. And that, it's weird. We're going to go have some, a meal. I'm going to take you out to dinner. Yeah. It'll probably cost me all the money. Well, you did. You lost uh, a bet earlier. I lost a bet above the your leg being bigger than my arm. And my my leg my yeah. my leg is one inch smaller than your arm. But it's a bullshit yeah. comparison because why? Well, because you peaked your your bicep, and I don't do leg curls, so I don't have a peak. You could have flexed your leg however you wanted to. And I didn't. Did I? I didn't. And you, I should have. You did. You tried. You put it up and then you put it down. I we put it up measured and I put it both down. ways. We did, didn't we? And it got smaller when you put it down. So you were technically flexing. I, I was kind of flexing. Because you were bending your knee. Anyway, I won. The, the next bottom time line I come is out I, here, and I'm coming out here. Okay. Just know this. Yeah. My legs are going to dwarf your arms. I, I highly doubt that. Dwarf's a strong word. It is. But they're going to be bigger than your arms. Okay. Well, I, I'll, I'll be training. Yeah, so will I, bro. Okay. Yeah. So will I. All right, awesome. Okay. okay. Until Good then. Job. Until then. Until then, Brian Shaw. Okay. We're signing off. This has been a collaborative. It's awesome. Collaborative. It's been the Brian Callen Show. And what is your podcast? Shaw Strength Podcast. Shaw Strength Podcast. Team Shaw. Yeah. That was, I feel like that was amazing. A home run. Yeah, me too. You, did, so you did all right. We, we covered a lot of ground. We did cover a lot of ground. And, and uh, you know, I feel like there's a lot more we could talk about. But anyway. Are you going to doll up for the dinner? Or are you going to just show up? Because it's hard for you to find clothing. What so. do you want me to do? I mean, what's you know, the dress code? You're going to wear shorts. It's cold. What's the dress code? I mean, I don't think there's a dress code, but I'll probably. What are you going to wear? I'm going to look cute. Just cute? know that. I'll have a pair of tight jeans on so you can see my apple bottom, even though I didn't pass the bar <laughs> test, which was, that was a bullshit bar test. We that did. was such bullshit. By was the way. it? Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm narrowed. So we you, rolled it. We rolled, rolled it bar, over. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a bar, like just a bar. And yeah. It was a bullshit. That's a bullshit test. It was a 45-pound plate on a bar, and it went past your ass. That's, That's a all. bullshit test because it's I... It's not. No, if I was thicker, then I've got a... Not, I've got a... My lower back divots. It dives. Does it? It dives, and then it mushrooms out into two beautiful honeydew <laughs> melons. All right. Anyway. You're, you're very proud of your backside. Right, listen, I, I, listen. It's, it's the media. 
That's what they say. Is that right? It's not me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're, 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 you're slightly exaggerating. Probably. Just a little bit. Okay. Anyway, all right, guys. If you like the show, share the show. Appreciate all the love. Please check out Brian Callen, all of his stuff. We filmed an episode of Best, Best of. Best of with Brian Callen. So that'll YouTube. be that'll be out on YouTube if you want to go check that out as well. Appreciate the love, and um, we will check you guys later. Go out and be great.